Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 84, Why Challenges Have Replaced Games. That's right, this website has found its most popularity from its extensive list of swimming lesson and swim team games that we've used since its inception to provide fun and effective instruction for all swimming abilities. Now, over time in the last few years, those swimming games have morphed into challenges. Find out why, what's good about them, and how they can still provide targeted, fun, and effective instruction for your swimmers. Let's get started. That's right. Today we are talking about challenges and why they have replaced swimming games in our swim program. Now, I've been doing lessons and swim team for the last 10, almost 12 years now, coaching five to six days a week and teaching swim lessons every week as well. And one of the biggest, best things that we've done is use swimming games in a fun and effective way. And if you've spent any time on swimminglessonsideas.com, you know that we have a robust list of swimming games that you can play that are freely accessible to everybody uh, and um, provide fun and effective instruction for swim lessons from beginners, parent-taught classes, all the way up to competitive swim team practices. Uh, so why have we gotten rid of challenges and or why have we gotten rid of games and why have we started doing challenges? And, and that's really the good question for today that I want to look into uh, because we still play games, but it's not as frequently as we used to. Instead, we're following the activity, comma, activity. Uh, I'm saying that because I do a lot of dictation, but activity, activity, challenge, Um formula. And this is our swim lesson formula and swim team for developmental practice formula. And you can find more information about it in the book, How to Create Fun and Effective Developmental Swim Practices, available on Amazon and Apple and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, so first of all, let's start off with what are challenges? Why, why am I focusing on challenges and why has my uh, team been so effective at using them? Essentially, a challenge is a specific type of game. Uh, it falls into the category of personal challenge, uh, and it uh, revolves around providing a challenging activity to every swimmer in your group that they can accomplish on their own. Now, sometimes there are challenges that involve multiple people. For example, the log roll push uh, which is where one person lays flat on the surface and two of their friends push them without uh, letting them not be uh, perpendicular to the lane lines. And they have to get them from the T mark to the flags. That's uh, not a game that we play during coronavirus because we don't want to have that intimate connection and, and proximity. Uh, but that's an example of a multiple person challenge. Um, you could also call it a game, but uh, challenges in this context, for the most part, are going to be personal challenges. So something that a person can do that isn't easy, but achievable. Now, what do I mean by that? What What is an activity that is difficult to do, but still achievable? Uh, for Now, what you can do is I've put a series of 
challenges already on our website. So if you go to swimminglessonsideas.com and on the main menu where it says swim games, underneath it, you'll see another menu item that says swim challenges, the new swimming game standard. And if you click there, there's a preview list of challenges that we use in our program. And I'm going to talk about just one of them uh, right now. And it, it's a challenge that we did in the last few days. It's a relatively new one. And there's always new challenges being added to the ever-present list uh, where you can see all of the components that we use when you're a subscriber to the developmental swim practices or the complete swimming program. Uh, and this challenge is a it's called flatten self like a bug on the plus mark. You've been squished. And the instructions are flatten yourself against the plus mark like a squished bug. Bonus, totally underwater. So the graphic that I do when I, when I present this challenge is I slap my hand against the wall and then kind of rub it in like I'm squishing a bug on the wall. And I tell the swimmers, you are the bug. So the goal here is for them to get all pieces of their body smashed against the side of the wall. Now that sounds pretty simple and it doesn't sound particularly challenging, but if you actually have your swimmers do this, it's quite difficult. Some parts of their body will float off, they'll push against the wall and then make themselves push away from the wall. There requires a certain degree of physical control that allows them to stay pressed up against the wall entirely long enough for a coach to see them and give a double thumbs up. And I like to scream very loud, success, congratulations. And then I clap my hands or do some sort of celebration, but it's a very loud, deep-throated celebratory success. Um, now, this particular challenge, flatten yourself against the plus mark like a squish bug. Uh, like I said, it's it's a challenge because it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, if you know the secret to it, like if you exhale your air and you use the lip or the edge of the pool or maybe your toes on the bottom, it makes it a lot easier. But that's something that they're going to have to figure out on their own. And then if you add the bonus, do it completely underwater, then you're introducing breath control. You're introducing the concept of exhaling in order to sink. Um, you're, you're encouraging them to do physical motions that keep them in a stable place without moving or floating or adjusting or falling around. And that is a benefit to us because it's teaching them buoyancy and how they need to stay on the surface and keep their body straight. And it's, it's this sideways instruction that's helping them become a better swimmer overall through this physically challenging and difficult activity. But when on its face, flatten yourself against the plus mark like a squish bug, seems innocuous or, or, or quite, you know, not, not that, um, it just doesn't seem like a, something that you would do, right? It, it's, it's a frivolous kind of a game, uh, but it has a, a direct purpose and it's body control and buoyancy teaching. And the kids love this from five-year-olds to 12-year-olds that are used to doing endless, mindless laps. So that's what a challenge is. That's one example of it. And I want to get into why they have replaced games. So uh, to recap so far, 
Uh, a lot of our games that we used to do in our swim team and our swim lessons have changed over time into this concept of challenge. And it's because we can do a small challenge like this. It's a bit quicker. There are less rules to it. It doesn't require as much instruction. Um, I'll, I'll get into more of that in a little bit. Um, but a challenge is, you know, here is something that you could do if you know the secret to it or if you are physically able to do it. Um, and if you succeed at it, you'll get a celebratory success from the coaches. And if you don't, I actually use the word fail and then I tell them why they failed at the challenge. And um, it's interesting to me that we I've done a podcast on this before, but failure is a great concept for them to learn because I want them to not be afraid of the term failure. The expectation should be there are things that you're doing that are challenging. For example, this challenge. Uh, and if you fail at it, try again, make another attempt. And they'll often uh, try these challenges multiple times within the two or three minutes time slot that we allow for it during our lesson plans. Uh, one of the things I like them saying, the swimmers, is, oh my gosh, this is hard. And my response was, yes, it's a challenge. It's supposed to be difficult. You're supposed to struggle with this. Uh, so uh, that's kind of what challenges are, a personal challenge. Some, It's a small, targeted, specific task that is somewhat different and weird, uh, so to make it interesting, but is still achievable with effort basically. So if they put a little bit of effort in, they'll likely succeed at this challenge. And while some people will fail uh, over time as you play the challenges or do the challenges again and again, they'll get better and better at them. So those are what challenges are. Now, why have they replaced swimming games? Now, I already mentioned this one, but to begin with, they are quicker. So challenges are faster. They're generally uh, a single specific task. They're like a one uh, one-off, one-shot item, do this one thing. Now, there may be conditions or specifics to those things, but there's generally just a single activity uh, as opposed to a game like a uh, catch-up relay, which requires 10 minutes of uh, discussion, setup, and then actually execution. So it's a bit longer. Games tend to be a bit longer in their format. Challenges tend to be quicker one shots. So another challenge example that we've done is flip without hands. So that's the title. The challenge is called is the instructions are float on your stomach for five seconds. Turn it into a front flip without using your hands. Tuck them into your hips. Do the flip four times if you can. So here it's uh, we're looking at body control. Uh, what I'm looking for is their body to be in soldier or the head first, hands by their sides, and then tucking their chin and lifting their butt to initiate a flip. Now, they're doing this from a dead start, so that's the challenge here. And most beginners, most people starting out tend to use their hands to initiate that flipping motion. And they tend to do that spiraling circle around the sides. And this challenge is a direct game, I say that with air quotes, to not have them do that. So when they're swimming, they're not wasting effort and time doing that spinny motion with their hands. They can go from soldier, which is their hands by their hips, up into streamline as a part of their flip. 
So this is like a challenge to get them to think about how to accomplish this task, flip, without using their hands, which they typically use. So, and, and that's fun. And when they use their hands, you watch them and you say success or fail. And when they fail, tell them why. Uh, it's the exact same format that we use for everything else in swimming. You did this, here's how you can improve. Or you did this, success, you met the objectives, let's move on and make it more difficult, right? It's following the same process. So this is a simple activity, flip without hands, but it provides this dynamic and diverse opportunity for the swimmer to approach a problem um, with interest and excitement because they're doing something that's kind of different and kind of hard. And then they get the celebratory success, congratulations, when they achieve it after failing repeatedly, if they fail at all. So they're quicker. So why are, how are these replacing games that are quicker? Um, that was an example of a quick one. Uh, they are also individual based. So each challenge for the most part is targeted to the individual. So regardless of ability or age, every person in your group can meet the challenge on their own terms. So for example, if we had uh, our developmental one group, it has a diverse range of ability. There are people that are just starting swimming and there are people that have been swimming for six months with uh, our team. And maybe they haven't quite learned how to do freestyle or backstroke or streamline quite well yet, but they, they're more comfortable than, say, the person that just passed their tryout. And so we can play this. I'll use that example again, the flip without hands. Maybe the person that just joined the swim team doesn't even know how to do a flip. And then so my instruction to them, they're still going to participate in this challenge. And the person who is more advanced and knows how to do a flip is going to approach it with uh, excitement because they're like, oh, I know how to flip, but now I can't use my hands. Whereas the person that just began, they're, they're going to struggle and fail, but I'm going to give them more tips and help on how to actually accomplish their challenge uh, as, I would, as I wouldn't with some of the more advanced kids. So I, I'll help them out so they can still participate in the challenge even if they're not going to successfully meet all the criteria of that challenge. And that's okay. It, it's, it's a target. It's a difficulty. It's a, it's a challenge. It's, it's baked into the word um, to get them to participate with enthusiasm and excitement. Uh, so it is individually based. Uh, so each challenge can be applied to each individual in the group one-on-one. One -on -one. If you have a group of 20 kids, and this is pre-COVID and post-COVID, uh, right now we're, we have seven swimmers at a time and of diverse ability levels, I can give them this challenge, do a flip without their hands, and each of them will meet it on their own terms. And I don't need to tailor the challenge specifically to each person. They'll all meet it on their own ability levels. It'll be easier for some, and it'll be harder for others, and that's okay. Moving on with how they, why they have replaced games. Um, they are applicable to broad ability levels. I think I just talked about this here and that they're individually based. Uh, they're tailored for groups. So for example, um, we're not gonna do the same challenges with our developmental one and developmental two groups as we would our competitive one group. So, our developmental groups are going to be focused more on body control, breath control, generals, uh, things that are less 
fine-tuned or require less knowledge of swimming. And I can give you a good example here. The handstand challenge, so it's a challenge and it's called do a handstand that turns into a front flip. Now, most of our beginners are not going to be able to do the front flip, but they can do a handstand. Now, you're asking yourself, well, why are we doing handstands in swim team? Because it's a precursor to doing a front flip and a flip turn. It's also fun. Like, if you ever watch kids swimming, most of them are just start doing handstands while they're waiting because it's exciting, it's different, it's weird, they're upside down. It, it helps with breath control, with water going up the nose, which is huge for backstroke. Um, backstroke streamline for flip turns. I mean, there's home by all these benefits for doing a handstand in a swim team, in a swim lesson setting. Um, not excessively, right? But in a controlled specific environment, in a challenge setting, do a handstand turn into a flip. That's a really good one for beginners. Now for more advanced swimmers, we might do, we, we did this challenge. You put your head on the middle of the plus mark. So underwater on the wall. You put your head there and do three breaststroke kicks while keeping your the crown of your head pressed against the plus mark. Now again, this is kind of this is more advanced because it requires breaststroke kick, but it's a more advanced challenge because then they have to integrate breath control, kick speed, kick power, kick timing, and keeping their head on the wall without touching it using their hands. So it's, there's this challenge element baked into it. And when they float up, which they inevitably do, that's a failure because then their feet are breaking the surface. They have to be underwater. And the advanced kids really get frustrated with this because they're not used to this kind of challenge at times. Uh, but it requires them to uh, use their breath control to keep their body low, adjust their kick so it's not breaking the surface, and manipulate their body to keep themselves in a specific position on the wall. And they're using a more advanced skill breaststroke kick that our beginners don't know or haven't been taught yet. So we're not gonna do that game with them. And that's okay. So these, these challenges, you can tailor them to the group that you're working with. So if you have more advanced swimmers, you can do more advanced challenges. And again, they're quick, they're individual based, they apply to a broad ability levels, uh, but they're tailored for that group. And then you can do a challenge that's a little bit easier or targeting specific skills towards beginners or developmental swimmers or swim lesson swimmers. Again, we wouldn't be doing flips with our level one swimmers. Instead, we might be doing a front float challenge that where you roll over onto your back and then roll back over onto your stomach. Now, if some of you are paying attention, you'll know that that is a red cross skill. Lay on your front, front turn onto your back, turn on back onto your stomach. We put that in a challenge. So that's not a testable skill. That's a challenge. That's something fun. Um, that's just a side tangent there, but if you're paying attention, you're kind of uh, paying attention to that. So let's move on. Uh, why else have challenges replaced games? They employ sideways learning. So I don't know if this is the exact term for it. I call it sideways learning because it's approaching learning a concept or skill without directly addressing that skill or concept. So for example, We'll go back to, um, you know, let's do a new one. I have the list. So if you subscribe to the Complete Swimming Program, which is everything on our website for up to 500 of your staff uh, that get all access to everything, or the developmental swim pro practices, you can log in and see 
all of the practice components that we use, and I'm looking at the list of challenges right now. Um, let, let's look at float on back with toes above the water. Okay, so this is just, you float on your back with your face above water and all 10 toes and both of your thumbs, but not your hands, above the water. So the rest of your body is submerged and your toes, your face, and your thumbs are above the surface. Now, if you don't know how to do this and if you don't have this like comfort floating breath control, then this is a really difficult challenge, uh, but it's achievable with practice. Um, so this challenge isn't directly addressing any particular skill, but sideways, so not directly, it's teaching body position, it's teaching buoyancy, it's teaching um, belly and like ab control, like adjusting where your hips are and how it relates to your head and toes, uh, which means when you're swimming on a competitive swim team and you need to maintain a straight body posture for your streamlines, for your front crawl, back crawl, your breaststroke glides, even the extension of your butterfly, you need to know how to manipulate your torso and your legs in order to get the results that you want. And so this challenge where you float on the surface with your toes above the water, is a side, it kind of approaches that skill sideways. So it's not a direct, it's not like we're saying, okay, we're doing head lead balance with rotation drill to promote our hip rotation during our front crawl and back crawl and our soldier body posture which is the straight spine posture that will promote faster swimming. That's a direct, like that's a direct learning. This is directly analogous to this. Head lead balance with rotation. Instead, this challenge where you're floating with your toes above the water in your face is a sideways learning. It's, and there's gotta be a term for this. I just don't know what it is. It's a sideways learning that's aiming your, you're, it's teaching your swimmer how to manipulate their body in this way that when they are faced with doing this in a different setting, they'll have the tools to do it because they'll remember, oh, maybe not directly, but you know, subconsciously or your body or um, they'll just know from experience that, oh, if I want to stay flat on the surface, I can't hinge at my waist because then my feet are going to go to the surface or they're going to sink. Or um, if I want to really be good at butterfly, I need to be hinging at my chest and hips in order for my kick to be faster and my head to go down and my arms to get into 11. You know, there's this, con it, it, it's something that they can do in a fun, interesting way that'll help prepare them for further swimming skills in the future. So that's what I mean by sideways learning. And most of these challenges revolve around this sideways learning concept. And I'll give you another one here just as an example on uh, how to do that. So uh, this, this is the next challenge in the list that I'm going to read off. It's float on your back and change direction. So orientation. Um, I'm thinking like rotating as if you were rotating a disc on a surface. Um, only using breaststroke kicks. So they float on their back. And let's say their head is aiming towards the wall. They need to rotate along the surface so that their head now aims down the lane instead. And they can only use their feet doing breaststroke kicks to do that. Now, this is going to teach them to 
um, not use their hands, but it's, it's teaching them basically fluid mechanics. So how you push against the water to make yourself move, but it's also teaching them pushing the water with the inside of their foot for breaststroke kick, right? It's not, a, I mean, I guess it's more direct, but, um, it's still, you, you wouldn't think of it as being breaststroke kick cause it's, it's, um, I guess this is a direct and an indirect one. Um, but, but I think you see the point here is that each challenge kind of approaches it, not as a straight on, this is breaststroke kick. It's more of, this is a challenge involving breaststroke kick, which is going to help you with breaststroke kick later on and some other stuff as well. Um, like the fluid mechanics. So like if you push against the water, there's a result, which most kids, you can't really teach that. You, they just have to learn it. Uh, so kids that like slip through the water when they just move their limbs and they don't really go anywhere because they're not putting any umph into their strokes, this would be a challenge that would help them kind of learn that concept. As we move on here, why have they replaced games? It's quick. They're individually based. They apply to a broad ability levels. They're tailored for groups. They use sideways learning. Um, they're games. So a lot of challenges are games themselves. Um, and you can see some of those examples, log roll push, uh, streamline push. It's a competition challenge. Um, there's a number of other ones that involve groups that we're not really focusing on right now because of coronavirus, uh, but they exist. Um, why else have they replaced games? Celebrated success opportunities. So we have more opportunities. There are more chances for the coaches and the swim instructors to celebrate the success of our participants when we do challenges. It's a lot harder to do that with a game. A game generally implies a winner and a loser. Uh, or um, I guess like bake a cake game, that's a really good one. Um, it's more of like a lead, I don't know, I, it's a game. Um, that's a good one that has a lot of multiple steps of celebratory opportunities. But challenges on the general whole, like a, a catch-up relay, you're not really going to have a lot of chances to celebrate any one person on their success. Where versus a challenge, you can celebrate their success once they succeed. And this is especially good if they failed multiple times and then succeed, because you'll be like, oh, that was a fail. Here's why. And they're like, oh, and then they do it again. Like, oh, that was a fail because you did this. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And then they do it again and they improve and then they succeed and you celebrate success, congratulations. And then you clap your hands. That's a huge win and gives them, you know, it's that dopamine, excitement, joyful experience. And everybody likes succeeding against a challenge. You know, small achievable wins over time as they add up, they make you feel good about yourself. They make you feel good about going to swimming. And the more challenges they overcome, the better they feel. And the more excitement they have and the more they want to come back. So there's lots of celebrated success opportunities. And this is opportunities and attempts that lead to success that should be celebrated by the staff, by the coaches, by the swim instructors. And then the final reason uh, in this quick list of why they've replaced games uh, striving to challenge uh, the self improves overall swimming. So big concept, and I talked about this in, I can't remember the exact episode number, but it's um, how meditation affects swimming and how they're related. And as you meditate, meditation is essentially, to boil it down, it's essentially um, training your brain to do it what you want instead of 
your brain wants to find stimulus and new interesting things all the time and focus on that. It's redirecting your brain when you want it to be directed on what you want it to be directed. So when you meditate, you're not, it doesn't matter what your breath is. That's not the important part. It's what your mind is doing. And by focusing on your breath, because it's there and boring, you're going to deviate from that. You're not going to focus on your breath for very long because it's not very interesting. And your brain's like, oh, this sucks. I'm not going to pay attention to that. Meditation is recognizing that you've been not focusing on your breath and aiming, like wrestling your attention back onto your breath. That's meditation. It's the act of recognizing you're not doing what you set out for it to do and then wrestling it back into submissive, like (laughs) what you want it to do. That's really good for swimming because we want our swimmers to be focusing on what we're asking them to do. This discipline of swimming, swimming is hypnotic and it can sometimes be uh, very repetitive. And so we want them to be striving for self-improvement in their overall swimming. Now, providing them an opportunity with a challenge gives them the chance to practice this, this act of doing something with purpose. So aiming their focus, aiming their mind on achieving a goal that uh, might require some effort or attention on their part. And we want that overall in swimming. So we want them while they're swimming to be thinking about, oh, I need to be doing this thing during my 50 freestyle, whether that's not breathing as often or kicking the whole time, you know, that requires significant mental effort. And um, if they've trained their brains through repeated and repetitive challenges that are aimed at, you know, thinking in a different way or focusing their attention on specific body parts, then when they are in their race, they're going to be better prepared because they have this mental discipline to approach their swimming and all the nuances that go along with swimming fast swims uh, better. They'll be better prepared for that. So challenges directly relate to better and improved swimming overall. So I can argue this or talk about this quite extensively. This has been about 30 minutes, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, Where can you find these challenges? So there's two places that you can find this. The best uh, place is to subscribe to the Developmental Swim Practices. This is a uh, subscription that's at its base cost is $9.99 a month. It gives you access to every swim practice we've ever done on our swim team. I think uh, for the last three years, um, there's developmental groups, there's some competitive groups, but it also gives you every single component activity and challenge that we've ever done. So every time we write something, I save it as a repeatable activity. And then you can, uh, the next part of this subscription is that you can then create your own swim plans using these practice components. So if you want to use these challenges, you can go into the editor, click on a few buttons and choose from a list of all these challenges. And then you can, Uh, insert them into your own lessons and then use them. Uh, You can show them off on a TV screen like we do, or you can have them as a reference sheet for yourself, print it off. Um, If you want to have, give your team access to these, uh, the same things, you can sign up as a team 
And then one person like the head coach or the lessening coordinator or the aquatic professional would sign up and then get 20 licenses. You get a discount. Um, and then each individual person with just a link can go ahead and look at all the swim plans and practices and then create their own and distribute them and use them in their lessons or in their swim team program. So uh, if you want to, it's all there. That's the best place, the practice components. Uh, so it's under practices and then practice components. You do have to be a subscriber to see that. If you have the complete swimming program, uh, up to 500 people uh, in your aquatics program can access that as well. Uh, you get everything. The other place is under swim games and then the swim challenges link, the new swimming game standard. It's a curated list, so not all of them are there, uh, but a, still a significant number are available. And it gives you a good baseline for challenges. I guess the other good place is the premium digital lesson plans and the general lesson plans. There's a list of challenges on each for each level. So if you want level specific ones, the premium lesson plans are going to be your place to find that. So I think there's eight to 10 challenges per level in each general lesson plan, which are available in the digital swim lesson premium lesson plans. That's where you're going to go to find it. Um, so there's a number of places, a number of resources that you can find. I'll put a link in the show notes as well as a brief outline of today's podcast. I, you know, I want to know what challenges you're playing in your swim games. There's a new, so uh, for the last three weeks this month, I've been hosting the podcast at anchor.fm. Now, as you may know from the sponsored segment at the beginning of the show, uh, there it's a web host podcast hosting platform, but it comes with a lot of benefits for you, the listener. And that's why I really like using anchor.fm is that you can go to anchor.fm slash swimming ideas and you can click on the ask a question button. Now there's also on the website at the bottom of every page, you can do this too. And you can just record a question that you have for me about swimming. I would love for you to do that. Go ahead and submit a question. Um, we'll put it in, we'll make a podcast episode out of it. And I can answer your question about swimming lessons, swim team, or creating games or challenges. Or even if you just want to say, hey, here's the game that we play. I'd love for you to share that because I think it benefits everyone to hear what other people are doing. So if you have any games, if you have any challenges that you love playing, share them with me by clicking that ask a question button and submitting your verbal response and we can share it with our community. I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for joining me on the Swimming Ideas podcast. And tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care. Mm -hmm.